Thank you for joining us at MindSpeak, the show that delves into global issues with a local perspective. This is a voice, not an echo. If you can't speak your mind, you can't be human. Hi, folks, and welcome back to MindSpeak. This is episode 238, Falling in Love with a Fraud. Now, we've all had these type of encounters before, and, and some of them, especially in our personal or professional lives, uh, if they don't have a real historic dimension, it, it's you know a minor blip and we learn. But for others, it's, it's a, a major... A major problem, not only in society but internationally, but in many cases, it, it can it can damage or ruin people's lives. So we're going to talk about that. Um, various uh, topics on the show will will go from weight to relationships, religion, celebrity, um, definitely in in the in the area of uh, politics as well. And we'll see some of the the stumbling blocks to this and why this sort of thing uh, occurs. Now, most people, I know it sounds amazing, but most people actually exercise some caution and some common sense. So most people do that. But you have some folks, they don't. And one of the main elements on a person falling in love with a fraud is there's a type of blindness that's overcome them. And I've always called it a desire that winds up turning into denial and that's really what it is you want something so badly that you're over overlooking willingly overlooking a number of things to the point where now you start believing the whole what you want so badly that it just becomes from reality into an illusion you know from from something that was truth to now a big lie and you might Defend it to yourself in your private thoughts, in your rationalizations, and then later on you might defend it against family or friends, you know, with uh, clever phrases or, you know, uh, stupid anecdotes or just, uh, you know, it's my life. And you're right, it is your life. It's your life to destroy. But nevertheless, I'm going to have shows out here that help point these sort of things out. They're necessary, not only in the literary world, but in many other worlds. And that's why I create minds speak as well so we can go a little bit beyond the literary and talk about some of the things that happens in people's lives and what they can use to stop it and and maybe some of the warning signs that are necessary before you slip into this kind of blindness now i'm not going to have any particular order with this or alphabetical uh, uh enumeration or anything like that it's not necessary you would just simply go from one to another into another okay the first one that comes to mind because it is, I wouldn't say centuries old, but God knows at least the past hundred years or so as we became more of a modern society, weight is a big, big factor for many people. And I am sorry to say because I'm not in the believing uh, end of things that we're supposed to be so sensitive that we ignore the truth. That's one of the problems we have in society. I'm actually going to do a show on that because... You know, you can actually be sensitive to where you're being cruel. You can be so sensitive that you're lying. You can be so sensitive that you're buying into something 
that is a fraud, and that's what we're going to be talking about right now. Being so sensitive to it that you, you, you're giving in to nonsense and things that can be very damaging. So weight control. Now, I don't mean to burst anybody's bubble here, and I, I don't know if you're going to realize this is not a secret. It's not an international mystery. It's not a cosmic, okay, magical solution out there. All you have to do to lose weight, <laughs> okay, folks, is some calorie restriction, meaning eating better, and, and, and a, a decent exercise program. And I don't mean like a day or two. I mean something that, that could be three to five days a week. If you did that on a regular basis, you're going to lose weight. Eventually, you become attuned to it, to your body. Uh, you realize better and better what you like to eat that would be healthier for you. And you become in, in, into a decent regimen that after you lose the weight, you can now make sure that you don't gain it back. Because you now know how to maintain, maintain it. Occasionally on your birthday or... Christmas or Thanksgiving, you go a little crazy, then you go back on it, no big deal. If you lost 85 pounds, believe me, gain five ain't going to be a big deal. You'll be all right. That's it. No secret. That's exactly how you lose weight. I don't care what anyone else tells you because they are committing fraud and they are lying to you. And it's the entire billion-dollar, multi-billion-dollar industry just on this subject alone. No, uh, drink uh, and eat grape juice. Uh, no, uh, eat uh, weird soups and, and, and wear a, a trash bag as you're running a 10,000 miles in the desert. I'm serious. No, eat our specially prepared low-calorie meals. That um, You will lose weight, but we forgot to tell you that you now have to eat them for the rest of your friggin' life because if you don't, you're going to gain the weight right back. Real quickly, actually. Oh, yeah, in the meanwhile, um, thank you for allowing us to continue to debit your credit card until the next century. Because that's pretty much what you've done. You just you traded one addiction, bad food for another addiction, uh, bad debt. Because <laughs> that's what you're literally looking at. None of these things are ever affordable or, or decent. They're, they're expensive. You can literally buy the food, even with inflation, and still make healthy, cheap meals at the house. But one of the problems... You're going to find underneath all of the fraud categories we're talking about, there's a central theme here. And one of the central themes is not just the blindness to what's going on. Underneath the blindness, there is a laziness there. I know. I probably hit some nerve right now with somebody saying, Oh my God, he's just talking about weight control and now he's talking about laziness. Oh boy, he's controversial. Yeah, okay. Let me tell you something, folks. You eat like crap. You don't exercise. And, you, and you, you're overweight. And you're wondering why your health is crappy. Well, what would we call that? Do we, do we call that vigor? Huh? Do we call that being an active person? Uh, no. But, Mark, I do a lot of errands and help people. I'm sure you do. And God bless you for doing that. But guess what? You can't help people in the end if you're not helping yourself. How do you take care of your sick mother... You know, if you're, if you're having breathing problems because you're overweight. How do you help the world in doing anything if you're not helping yourself? And if it's important to help people, and I believe that it is, and if it's important to help the world to be better and cleaner and all that, and yes, I, I agree with that as well, well, wouldn't it be nicer to live another 30 or 40 years versus just being overweight and one day just dropping dead of diabetes or heart attack? 
What stroke? Huh? Look at the math. Cigarettes take about 20 years off of people's lives. And guess what? It's not healthy to smoke cigarettes, but it is so unhealthy to be overweight that smoking cigarettes in comparison is actually healthier because being overweight could take 30 or more years off your life. Now, ladies, I don't know if you're listening to me here, but men live less longer than you do. So guess what? If I'm taking 30 years off my life, I could be dead by 50-something. That's crazy. Men don't get to live as long. Women can live to 100 in many, many cases, but still. What, you want to live to 70? <clears throat> Die of excruciatory pain when you can live to 100 in, in decent health? Able to walk around and do things? It's truly that simple. So there is, there is a laziness going on there about that. It's not the kind of laziness um, in the classic term of, oh, the hell with it, I don't really care. It's the kind of laziness that often is accompanied by a form of depression. You're going to find that a lot of people that are overweight are dealing with depression issues. Uh, poor poor uh, parenting um, from when they were, when they were children. Uh, lower self-esteem about the general looks and appearance or, or maybe the shyness that they have and therefore they just run to a Twinkie instead of, you know, running to, to a track or, or running to some better food or running to just being around better people. They wind up destroying themselves from within, you know? I'll tell you something, folks, bad weight management it's pretty much suicide on the layaway plan. That's what it is. You don't have to jump off the building right now and kill yourself. You could just slowly jump off the, the different steps every day on, on your way down to, to, to wait uh, hell. Because that's, that's what you're looking at. It's destructive. You'll find that many people who get these operations, the, front, the stomach stapling things and the, you know, the balloon in the stomach and all that stuff. They don't necessarily do it because they they uh, just say the hell with all the exercise and eating better. I just want to get this done. They don't often do it because they're lazy. They're actually doing it because the damage to their health is so severe that they might not have, and I'm not saying this lightly, they might not have another year or a year and a half to do all the, the better eating and exercising and everything to get that weight under control because their health is that bad. Because so much pressure is on their blood pressure, so much on the heart, and etc. You know, when you when you when you're running heavy on the weight, you know you're damaging your whole sugar situation. You're going to bring the onset of early diabetes. You're definitely getting hypertension. Probably have it as we're speaking right now. There you go. And I don't know if you know this or not, but being overweight. It's treatable. And I don't mean Weight Watchers and all this other phony stuff. I mean, eating better and exercising. That's how you treat it. Well, guess what? So is hypertension and so is type 2 diabetes. Do you realize that you can actually eat and exercise yourself out of those things so you don't have them anymore? Where you don't need to take a maintenance drug for the rest of your life? You can actually stop having diabetes. You can actually stop having hypertension. You don't have to have them. You get your body back in the order where it's supposed to be at, those things go away. They actually do. They don't stay there. I know it's incredible, but that's that's just the truth of it all. But unfortunately, we have an entire society, an entire industry, even an entire government 
just bent on making sure you're going to stay fat, you're going to stay uh, high blood pressure, you're going to stay diabetic, because they got all these wonderful things to sell you. Hey, you don't need to lose weight. Just spend all this money on this luxurious special safety tub with the with the uh, the grass rails on it, so you don't have to worry about falling down and breaking your hip. No, don't worry about all that rigorous running. Just take this hypertension pill every day for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got some diabetes medicine for you. Guess what? You're going to lose like up to 15 pounds. Yeah, they don't mention that part of the weight loss is because you're literally pooping like three times every day. Part of the so-called controlling your sugar is you're literally pooping the stuff out all the damn time. If you did a lot of pooping on a regular basis... You won't need any medicine. You're going to still control your blood sugar. It's called eating a muffin or, or doing some regular running. I don't want to give anything away here on my own personal uh, you know, life or, or hygiene, but guess what? When I engaged in a regular running program and ate better, not only did I go on a more regular basis to the bathroom, it helped because there's a real connection between going to the bathroom and, and weight loss. It helped doing that. It even helped doing that to the point where it became, like they say, you, you need to be regular. Well, it became regular to where you can almost like jot it in, on a clock between like a certain set of uh, hours during the day. You, you know you're going to go. It literally did that to your system. Your body started becoming like a, like a clock. You started training it to have a certain routine. Well, it has a routine when you're not doing all this stuff, a routine of slowly destroying yourself. Well, guess what? You do these things, it's going to have a, a positive routine, a healthy routine. And guess what? Like many things that we have in society, and I'll tell you something right now, you can actually get in a, in a, in a social uh, environment, I don't care how wacky uh, uh, political these people are, you could get 20 people who are white and 20 people who are black in the room, and they would actually still have more of a civil conversation about race in America than you can get people talking about weight and how all the stuff that they're doing and all the stuff that's out there, it's a bunch of crap and it's a fraud. And they're falling in love with it and destroying themselves. It's more controversial to talk about weight than it is to talk about race. Can you believe that? And in and, 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 and a sick way, uh, our weight problem is probably even more damaging to society than our race problem. And I'm not making rate a, a light of racism here, but I tell you, we need to get that under control too. Definitely. But that's the truth of the matter. You, it's hard to even have a civil conversation about this stuff. People will tell you 50,000 different things that they're going to do, or they want to do, or this and that, and whatever. And pfft, Nope. You got, just keep this in mind, you got yourself in this mess, okay, by eating crap, eating crap too late in the day, all right, not exercising at all, and I'm sorry, going to the store in your car or walking down the block with your dog, that's not exercise, okay, that's not counting. Your dog might be getting some exercise, you're not getting anything, okay, especially if you got a Hershey bar in your hand as you're walking the dog. Alright, so you're not getting much out of any of this stuff, alright? That's how you got in this mess. So, guess what? All you have to do is the reverse to get out of it. You don't need to 
secret program. You don't need a, a Buddhist digestive uh, mantra tracks over here. Okay, you don't you don't really need to, you know, eat broccoli and and and, and do yoga every five minutes to get anywhere. Okay, you don't need any of this new age. Eastern nonsense. You don't need all of this Weight Watchers baloney. You don't need all these phony programs that are frauds. They don't really do anything for you. You know why they don't do anything for you? Because what they promise is a lie. Because what they promise and what you get is a temporary fix to a long-term problem. I'm sorry, but when you get yourself into a grossly weight situation and you eventually get out of it, you know, through exercising, eating correctly, you got to maintain that from now on. It's almost like being an alcoholic. If you're not being careful, you're going to go back to that. There's just no way around it. I don't know about you, but I won't want to buy another damn wardrobe. Or have to listen to this or go through that or, or whatever. I, I don't even know how people stay overweight when, when they know that there are people out there that look at them weird and they talk about them behind their back and they treat them differently not to say those are good things because they're not they're wrong but you think that would be a good impetus for geez i need to lose like 30 pounds this is a bunch of crap you know you ever have somebody sitting you in here in an airline uh, in these tiny little seats you know Hi, a lady said thanks to me, and I, I swear to God, I think part of her was on me, and she was in the next seat. Is that gross or what? What are you going to say? This is a wonderful thing. Thank you for being this overweight and having your your, 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 your fat on my body. Yeah, I really appreciate that. No, I don't. You shouldn't be appreciating it either. That's all you have to do to get out of that fraud. And, and weight control, folks, is one of the worst of all the frauds and the denials and the blindness and all the nonsense. And I don't even understand it, okay? Because when somebody is a racist, but they're polite and well-mannered and you don't hear this stuff from them, it's a secret that's kind of hard to find. Being overweight is not a secret. Everybody knows. You know. Everybody sees it. It's not like something you can really hide. Which is, I don't understand how people are blind to it then. You see it in the mirror, you see it in the shower, you know other people have seen it. So it's an incredible denial that people can go through this way. I, I, it really is. But your life will be better if you lose the weight. If you try to eat better and you exercise and you do it on a regular basis. you got to get yourself into a routine. you got to figure out a way to get the discipline to do it and do it. That's what it is. It's necessary to do. And guess what? It's necessary not because you want your neighbor next door to look at you better. Or the checkout girl to say, yeah, he looks pretty good. No. I mean, those things are nice, but that's the reason why you're doing them. You have to do them because in the end, you know it's better for your body and for your life. I, I, I lost 60 pounds. Over the last six years, and, I, and I've kept it off. And I know, okay, that I have a better relationship with my uh, my body and, and how, I, how I treat food and what I do. I know I sleep better. I know I have more energy. I know I think better. I know I have more more uh, 
I guess you could say athletic ability with my kids because I have younger kids and I'm an older person. So I found it was really important for me to take it to take to take charge of that and not just let it go as not a big deal. And it made a, it made a huge difference for me. It really did, and it would definitely do a, a huge difference for you. All right, next. Uh, one of the next biggest things that you have people who fall in love with the fraud is in the relationship category. Now, just like the uh, the whole diet industry, the whole food thing that are out that's out there. Well, as you must know, there's a whole relationship industry out there. Everything from dating apps and online things. Uh, to uh, various uh, sessions uh, and seminars on um, on how you can um, become more positive, how you can become more sexy, how you can become more appealing or more positive. I mean, and many of them talk about not being in denial because it, it is important to talk about that. But oftentimes... What is happening is, and I'm sorry to say, and this is where the fraud comes in, they're asking you to trade one denial for another. So you're training your own dumb philosophy on denying something in a relationship for their philosophy, which is denying something in a relationship in a different way. Makes no sense. It's like I was telling you about the about the about those food uh, prepared meal products. You know, you're, you're training. Uh, you know, um, all the money you're spending on junk, now all the money you're spending on healthy food. And you're stuck, like, uh, addicted forever to it, because if you don't, your, your, your weight's going to shoot right back in a month or two. If you're trading one denial for another, then you're not really doing yourself any good. Okay? You're stuck in a fraud, and it's a game. And a lot of these people, they do this. I'm not somebody that says positive thinking is wrong. Okay? But I am someone that says, I eat four Hershey bars, I have a Twinkie, uh, two Big Macs, and some French fries, and I do this uh, at least three times a week for six months. All my positive thinking in the world is not going to change the fact that I probably ate 30 pounds on my waist. So what the hell is positive thinking? Okay? It doesn't mean a whole lot if you don't have positive action. And what's positive action? Driving past McDonald's. So that you can go home and eat the food that you prepared that's healthy. So you don't become overweight and, and damage your health. And don't be around when your children are growing up. Positive action is what you need. Positive thinking, it don't mean anything. It's just, it's just a bunch of phrases and words. If you're not backing it up with any kind of action, it don't mean anything. But think about... Some of the things that come out of the Bible, and, 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 and people make fun of the book all day long. No, it's not useful, it's not this and that. But guess what? There's a lot of important pieces of wisdom in here that are eternal in terms of that they actually work. Okay? And when you get St. Paul saying, faith without works is dead. What is he saying? It's, it's one of the most profound things that you're going to get in the Bible that you can apply in your life right now. You don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to be a religious person. You could be an atheist and, and you believe that space aliens are, are messing with each other on Pluto. That's fine. But you could still take that phrase seriously because it is absolute 100% truth. Your faith is dead 
if you don't have actions behind it. That's what it's saying. Faith without works is dead. So you can't get having the faith of, I'm going to meet somebody cool. And um, I believe because of the way I'm acting and the way I'm believing and the way I'm thinking uh, and my way I'm behaving that, you know, it, it could work out. Those are the works of trying to do things politely uh, or do things correctly or, 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 or many times with relationships and how it becomes a fraud is that people become blind to some of the more basic common things in life. Part of those things is understanding the judgment that's necessary to find somebody that you think is going to work for you. You know, and you talk to somebody, let's say privately, or Jim, what was your criteria? Well, um, I really liked her eyes, and man, did she have a butt. I'm, I'm a guy, okay? So, I'm not against those things, alright? I'm a straight guy. But, that's not a criteria for a lifetime, okay? It's not, because eventually, a butt's gonna go out the window, and her eyes are gonna go with it. So, uh, what the hell does that mean? Good for a couple years. So, the judgment criteria is critical. And this is where the fraud comes in because people will just make you change, change this one denial for another. Well, if you quote a lot of Buddhist phrases and, you know, do some mantras and stuff, um, you'll send good vibes out there and then you'll just eventually meet somebody. I mean, it's almost like they're literally writing this stuff in the kitchen while they're eating a bagel and drinking prune juice or something because it don't make a whole lot of sense. It's just a bunch of mumbo-jumbo nonsense that people go with. If you are not exercising the correct judgment, you're not going to get that person that you want who's going to be able to stick with you. Are you choosing them on their values? Let's say you're a person that you're not really interested in a marriage. You're just not that kind of a person. But you want a long-term healthy relationship. But you don't want to have children. Obviously, picking some woman who's telling you every five minutes, hey, you know, um, my biological clock, it's about to explode, um, so can we do something? Well, that's not exactly the right person uh, according to the things that you might want to have in your life. Just as much as you want to be able to pick somebody that is going to be able to make room for that. I mean, if you pick, uh, or, or if you pick a real professional career woman, that conversation would have to have... a some kind of a appearance in the relationship if you go to the next step of getting married and, and, and uh, moving in and all of that because uh, what are they prepared to do about, at least on a temporary basis, curtailing some of their, you know, their professional life and their career to have a child? Women take an enormous sacrifice when they do that. That's the judgment we're talking about over here. Those are the conversations you have to have. Oh, I thought we'd talk about that later. Guess what, folks? Later becomes now real fast because people are in denial. People procrastinate and they hesitate or, or they hope. I'm telling you guys right now, I, I don't want to sound negative because I'm not. I'm just being realistic, okay? But you hear people tell you all the time that hope is not a business strategy. And they're right. You, you can't throw money at hope. And, and hope really... I'm sorry to say, it's not a relationship strategy either. I hope that would work out. If they're not lining up 
with some of the things you feel are important red lines for you in your life, meaning you want, you want children or you don't want children, uh, you want to have more of a career, you don't want to have more of a career, you want to have more spare time to do artwork and go to the movie theater and the ballet and all that crap and, you know, or you, or you don't, you're just more of a homebody or something. That's the kind of stuff that you need to be looking at with that person. You know, I know this guy, he kept saying, I don't know why these women went out. And I'm like, I, I tried, we should have told you it's a couple of years ago, but I'm trying to stay out of it. Hoping again, see how stupid I was. I'm hoping that you'd see the truth or in the light. Don't hope for people. Just freaking tell them, okay? They mean you need to smack in the head. You, you, if you smack people in the head, they need that more than you hoping that they're going to see stuff. Sometimes people don't. They're stuck in a cycle. They're stuck in denial. They're stuck in the blindness we're talking about. I sat down with them one day at lunch and said, listen. And tell me if I'm wrong. Dude, you, you're mostly a homebody kind of guy, right? I mean, you actually have the food, I mean, from groceries at the store delivered to your house. Other than going out to work and the traffic you got to deal with. You know, or, or getting gas or getting your car, you know, maintained or something. You're pretty much home. You're doing your computer work. You're doing your writing. You're doing your your hobbies and whatever. I mean, you occasionally go out to the art show or poetry reading or something like that. But for the most part, you're generally a homebody person. Is that right? Oh, yes. Then why the hell you keep picking these girls? That's all they want to do is go out. They don't want to go home. Other than to sleep or maybe... God willing to sleep with you. But that's about it. And they, they want to be out doing stuff. That's not the girl to pick. You're not going to have a relationship based on that. Because she's not going to be happy with you. Because you're not going out and doing the stuff that she wants to do as well. Now if you had. And I'm not saying you have to change who you are. But if you had a balance where. You know you like to do some homebody some stuff. And then sometimes you like to go out. You might be able to even convince a girl like that. You know, that you're going out with her and doing a lot of stuff, but there's some times where it's good just to be a homebody, you guys snuggle together, watch some Netflix, so, you know, whatever the hell. Um, yeah, that might be great. Or maybe it's just not the right one because she's 100%, I got to go out and do stuff. I don't know, you, you think I just hit him with, like, you know, a, a ton of bricks or something. My God, I never really put that together. Okay. Uh, the dude has the master's degree, okay, <laughs> in biology, uh, but he didn't put that together. So whenever you hear people talk about great career um, genius and you ever hear about all these wonderful things about how they um, are brilliant, high IQ and all this stuff, it has nothing to do with some of the basic things in life. And people can be dumb on those things. Why are they dumb? Because they're in denial, because they're caught in blindness because they believe some of the fraudulent things they tell themselves some of the dumb things that their friends and relatives tell them again to either placate them because they're too sensitive and they don't want to tell them the truth or it could be that they're just as dumb as blind as they are but that's really that's really it for relationships so many times people get caught up in these things because they don't want to face certain facts I remember talking to this girl one time. She goes, I just don't understand why I keep meeting these guys that don't have any respect for me. You know, and I, I some girl asked me that and I told her the straight truth. I go, because you keep picking on purpose 
the shitty guys that treat you bad. Because deep down and down inside somewhere, you don't feel you should be treated good. So you're going to keep getting these crappy guys. They're going to keep cheating on you, treating you, treating you badly. Dumping you someplace and driving off away. And now you're going to get a taxi cab home at night in a, in a dangerous and dark city. What a, what a wonderful gentleman. I'm not saying that a woman deserves this kind of treatment. It's no different than the women that get abused by people. Absolutely wrong. Illegal, unethical, unacceptable, immoral. But, if you're not reporting it to the police, if you're not talking to your friends and family, if you continue to stay there to get hit, while you don't deserve it, you definitely are inviting it. And it's the same thing with people in relationships. You keep picking the, the, right, the, the wrong person, you invite this stuff to come back into your house. It's like, it's like you want the drama, you want the pain, you want the misery, you want the, and, and then people do this for years and years and years on end. I'm serious. I met a girl one time, she told me I, I, I found the perfect guy, I was so happy I, I couldn't even stay with him. I just was uncomfortable being that happy. I mean, I don't, I don't even stand the damn statement she told me. I'm like, Really? He made you so happy and treated you with so much respect, you, you had to walk away from him. Again, I'm not one of those people that say you deserve being hit or you deserve being miserable. I don't believe those things. Honestly, I don't. But I do believe that people, by their poor thinking and their poor decision making and their poor judgment, they in continue to invite these things. Almost like secretly somewhere they want them. And that's dangerous. Because it leads to waste of life in terms of the years that go by where you could have been happy. And in some cases with women who, who are in uh, these physical abusive situations, you know, it can lead to death. It happens all the time. So try to keep that in mind, folks, okay? Alright. Now you've got a lot of these movements, some of them are quasi-religious, some of them are quasi-political, some of them are just the so-called mind-mental enlightenment type of movements, the positive thinking to the next level thing. You'll see these a lot. Uh, one of the, the big adherents of these things is, uh, is Tony Robbins. Now, I don't like any of these things at all. I don't believe in any of them. I think it's a bunch of nonsense. Some guy comes to your town, says, give me $3,000 and you can spend three days in my cinema and I'm going to somehow teach you how to be more assertive, how to be more positive, how to be more energetic, how to project yourself better so that you'll be more successful in selling stuff. Folks, unless a product is so good that it sells itself, if you got to sell anything, that means in the end, you're going to be telling things that are not true. You're going to be doing all kinds of songs and dances and everything just to be able to get somebody to buy something for you because that's what sales is all about. You live and die on those things. It's a, a rough, rough business because you're only as good as the month that you just had. And the month's over with, you're starting over again. But what about January, man? Yeah, it's April and you suck. I mean, that's, that's, that's the sales business. And uh, I don't have any sympathy for people who are not being honest, but that's not hard to understand the pressure those kind of people can be under. 
One of the problems with the Tony Robbins and, and all those kind of people out there that do these things is if you have issues with being assertive, if you have issues with hesitating, if you have issues with self-esteem, you really need some kind of more of a formal therapy with somebody who charges you maybe $75 an hour versus somebody who charges you $3,000, okay? Because you're going to get more treatment about how to handle these situations because they're more internally. You're not going to learn it from some guy on the stage who beefed himself up in the gym and put on some expensive clothes and, and you're like, wow, he definitely looks in every way possible all the things he says. It's a gimmick. It's a fraud. And I'm sorry to say, don't tell me all this crap about I can't live in denial. I got to be honest with myself in the world when the first things out of your mouth, Tony Robbins, is your name is not even real. That's not even you. You wasn't even born with that name. You were born Anthony Marvokovich. Really? So the first words out of your mouth is a lie, but I'm supposed to always be honest about everything. And I don't want to hear from anybody in this thing, even in the email. Well, Mark, it's marketing. It's Hollywood. I don't believe any of that crap. That's a bunch of baloney, okay? Peter Bogdanovich, you can list them down the line of people who kept their name. I can't even spell Bogdanovich, but he was a successful director, did a lot of great work. It's one of those new type Hollywood directors. He didn't change his name. You think that would have been a problem? So there's no reason to do this. You have to wonder why people do this. You change your name, but I'm supposed to be proud about all these other things and, and be honest. Right there, you have to wonder. Right there, it makes me suspicious. Period. Well, it's not catchy enough. Well, so? Bogdanovich is not exactly catchy either. I'm telling you to this day, I know his movies. I can't even spell his friggin' name. I gotta, I gotta go to Google. I don't know how. What? Because you have a Slavic name? This is something difficult? The guy has a Russian name. Come on. That's even more Slavic. So that's what makes me question many of those things right there. Because right off the bat, you know, they're, they're coming at you fake, but you're supposed to be real. And the things they're saying are supposed to be useful. Most of the times they're not. Now, when we move into the areas of both religion and politics, it doesn't necessarily mean that the religion itself or even the political formula itself is fraudulent. It could just mean that what happens is, and sometimes this has been elicited by the person, and other times people just do this themselves, is they create what's called a cult of personality. And you'll see this on the, on the common local level, okay? Where you got a church and the people, they won't question the pastor about anything. He's great, he does this, he does that. After a while, nobody notices the pastor's putting his hand in the till. Or the pastor's putting his hand underneath somebody's dress. Or the pastor's messing with a child. Why? Because... They have forgotten the religion of that church years ago because it's all concentrated on that one person up there in the pulpit. That's what the cult of personality does. And they'll defend that and that person more than they'll defend the religion because that's what they put all their hopes and their dreams and everything else on is the person. 
when the religion is supposed to be about a set of philosophical or even spiritual rules that you use to be able to improve yourself. And of course, whatever communion you have with the deity you're talking about. Which means in the end, you're supposed to be putting your faith and your words and your actions into prayer, into communication with this God or gods. Not to do it at the pulpit. He's supposed to be a representative. That's it. But you see how easily that can get warped. And it happens time and time again. We've seen that with Jim Jones. White hippie pastor from California. He convinces mostly black people to go with him. He preaches anti-racism in the 70s. And nothing wrong with that. But in the end, he's bringing them all to South America. So they can start up a whole commune over there. And then convinces them all to kill themselves by drinking poison Kool-Aid. Which literally came with the phrase, you know, you're drinking the Kool-Aid. Because that's literally what it was. Kool-Aid with poison. Over 900 die. Including himself. What was on his mind? To want to do that? I have no idea. I don't think anyone ever will. But, what's certain is, you're not taking the religion anymore, seriously. You're only taking this guy and whatever he says, that's become the religion. Him and whatever he has to say. Because there's no reason to move from California to South America. What can they do over in South America any more spiritual interesting than they can do in California? It don't make any sense. None at all. That ought to be the first warning sign right there. Sleep around with different women in the in the congregation? Oh, that's okay. Why would that be okay? It don't matter if he's married or not. It's still not okay. None of them should be slept with because that, that right there would be considered in any organization, particularly a religious one, a conflict of interest. Now, let's ignore that. See, that's how these sales and things happen, though. It just comes from a series of things that people continue to ignore. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. Next thing you know, you're in the jungle drinking Drano. And you're dead. For no good reason. Other than you, you believed the moron. And he took you to his grave. With him. That's incredible. I know. Alright, fall in love with a fraud. We see this a great deal with celebrities. And when I talk about celebrities, folks, I'm also talking about historical figures, uh, maybe you never met before, but still, writers. I mean, it's sad that people behind their genius can be just crappy human beings that, that are very, very um, disappointing. I tell people all the time, you look behind the, the people you really admire, you, you're not going to like what you find. So you might not want to look too much. I broke my own rule. I looked at Huxley really closely, and I'm like, oh, Christ. Here's a guy who wants to hang out with rich people and, and famous rich people, and he has important writing and incredible thoughts about the world, and he was right about a lot of things, but in the end, he's not someone you would even want to hang out with because there's a good chance he wouldn't even want to hang out with you. You're not interesting enough. You're not important enough. How? Because that shows how complex people can be. That they could talk about the world at large and the things that could be done to improve people's lives in society, but then they only want to hang out with, 
wealthy people who don't really have much to, to say. It just makes no sense, but that's how people can be. We're seeing this right now. If anyone's looked at the trial at all, you know, with the whole Johnny Depp situation. Now, if you want to be cynical, you could just say he's exaggerating a bunch of stuff from his childhood and using his acting skills to seem humble. But I tell you the truth, if that's a strategy, it's definitely not working because you see behind the acting and behind the multi-million dollars, he's a human wreck. Broken and cut up. Drug and alcohol addicted. Extremely unhappy. And without a script in his hand, if you listen to his testimony, I mean, he just sounds like somebody from Kentucky. Doesn't necessarily mean that they're dumb. It just means that they're regular people. Regular guy from Kentucky, it sounds like. It don't sound like anybody else you would expect him to be. Guy who has millions of dollars and owns an island. Guy that sounds interesting and funny and even intellectual in the movie sounds like just a regular old guy on the street. And an unhappy one at that. We see this with celebrities time and time again. Okay? You see somebody like a Will Smith who over 30, 35 years made people laugh and always seemed to be a, a clean-cut guy. Didn't want to mess with drugs and wasn't involved in gangster rap or anything like that and always trying to do things that would seem clean and cool and middle class and you look at him now and it's obvious you know he's got a, a wreck of a marriage he's a very unhappy man and whatever he could do to save this horrible marriage other than he ought to be just divorcing the person let's just beat up people because they tell jokes about the person that you hate anyway that's the ridiculous psychology behind that and in one one act, you know, everything you ever thought about the guy, you realize you don't know nothing about him. He's just another miserable fool. Just happens to have a lot of money in a nice suit. And it's incredible how many people want these things that they see, not realizing the price that these people paid, and that these people, in many ways, they're acting, they're lying, they're fooling you, they're perpetuating their own fraud, because that's what they do. That's their job. Are they any happier? No. In fact, they're probably even more miserable than you are. Which is an incredible irony when you think about the fact that, um, you know, they have all this money and all these things they could do and they're even unhappier than you. I, I know, I, I'm, believe me, I'm perplexed by the whole thing. We've talked about it many times in the, on the show before, you know, a guy like Hemingway. Miserable individual, brilliant writer, miserable individual does everything, and I give him credit, rather than just complaining about his mental illness, does everything under the sun during his time to try to get better and couldn't. Psychologists, psychiatrists, hypnosis, um, pharmaceuticals, and I mean the legal ones, okay? And then, of course, the illegal ones as well, and alcohol, electrotherapy, shock treatment. None of it works, and then commit suicide. He veiled himself of everything he could think of. But there's a guy, if you read his private papers and you hear about his private thoughts from people who knew him, just incredibly miserable person.
There's so many of them out there because what are they doing? They're allowing the fraud in their lives to continue by not confronting it. You would think as a writer you'd be able to confront it more than as a celebrity because at least you're not in front of everybody all the time. So you'd have some time to go to therapy, to do this, to do that, whatever. I don't know. And they don't. But that's what's happening though. That's why these things are going about. The celebrity itself, the work, the movies, the, the Hollywoodness of it all, that's not making these people miserable. It only continues to help them stay miserable because they're going in there that way anyway. They're not getting the help that they need, and it, it winds up it winds up shielding them. I mean, even to this very moment, we see we see musicians uh, committing suicide, and actors or, or, or the complete destruction of their body through through uh, enormous amounts of drugs. Got that one drummer not that recent ago. Ten different drugs in his body. How depressed can you possibly be? Because you know there has to be depression. Because somebody that's trying to get high, they'll just get high in the one thing they're using and that's it. They're not going out trying to get a whole bunch of other stuff. That person's just fighting demons and pain and, this, and not correctly. And, and, and more and more and more they leave behind wives and children. And in some cases, a really interesting career and really talented people all of it out the window. Because none of it makes any difference in the end if they're just not talking about this and, and dealing with it. Because that's what they need. Sometimes uh, they would need to literally hang up their career long enough to get the treatment they need. And be surprised at how many people can't do that or won't do that. Because it's not easy to do all the career stuff when you're, you know... You're trying to get treatment. What are you supposed to do when you're traveling around the world as a drummer? Yo, man, I gotta, uh, I gotta fly out of uh, uh, Buenos Aires and get back to Hollywood for my therapy session, and then I'll fly back. People are not gonna do that. You're not gonna bring the person with you on tour. This is my therapist, Jim. Hey, what's up? No, that's not gonna happen either. There might be a time when you need to stop what you're doing. I don't care what it is. Stop the writing. Stop the singing. Stop the drumming. Stop the acting. To take care of yourself. But they don't. They live the fraud. They perpetuate the fraud. And they're often in places and industries and stuff that just help them to continue to shield themselves until eventually they explode. Or eventually they die. It's incredible, I know. But that's just what happens. People literally fall in love with the fraud. The pre-prepared meal that guarantees that if you eat it and maybe you do a little exercise, you'll lose some weight. You'd be shocked on how many people who eat these pre-prepared meals, they don't even do any exercise at all. They're just, they're just expecting, you know, the pill or the meal that's going to solve all their problems. The relationship. Oh, I just dumped five guys, you know, but guess what? The sixth guy, he should do it. Never any consideration, never any analysis about maybe what I'm doing is not working. So how about I try something different? Not a different guy, a different thinking, a different approach, a different way to look at myself, a different way to criticize myself, and a different way to, to analyze others. Nope, that's not happening. 
fall in love with the fraud by just continuing to do the same thing. You know, they say that's supposed to be the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Yeah, and that, that about sums that up. Uh, religion and politics. Often themselves, not necessarily frauds, although I think you could definitely say communism and Nazism are definitely frauds because their end game can't work. You can't, you can't force people to do all that nonsense and expect you're going to have a healthy society. It's simply not going to work. And, and other systems might work. But again, people don't spend a lot of time with the system. They spend too much time with the person. And it winds up becoming that, you know, they created somebody to be better and smarter and, and, and greater than who they are. And they're just a regular human like the rest of us with all kinds of issues and problems. Celebrity, of course... One of the worst uh, culprits in this whole thing because we follow this stuff and we get involved in this stuff. And it's hard not to get caught up in something to say, I like this person, I don't like this person, because you're not going to really meet them in person for the good chance of your life. There's a good chance you're never going to meet these people ever. Okay? And all you're really going to get with your contact with them is possibly a small little uh, interview briefing at a red carpet event. Yo, 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 what's up? Do, 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 yo, okay. Hmm. And, and maybe uh, some 10-minute interview in one of those late-night shows. Again, they're not asked any tough questions. There ain't nothing serious going on other than promoting stuff because other than promoting stuff, they're not out there really talking about who they are and what their lives are and just that, whatever. You, you don't see that. I mean, very few of them, unless it's like Gary Sinise, who's always doing something for veterans, raising the money and getting the, getting them houses built and helping the people without any legs and the, the handicap and, uh, and all that. You know, but that's that's who that guy is, period, though. I mean, so he's, he's not really a celebrity anymore in a way. He's not doing any acting. He's just doing that thing. But, you know, because of the movies and other stuff he's done, that's how we know him. But we're never really going to know these other people. So you're stuck making a snap judgment. Or maybe you're just stuck because you liked what movie they were in the last time you saw them. I'll give it a chance now because I like what they did last time. There's no guarantee on any of that. But, you know, that's all you can really do. It's not like you can really talk with any of these people. And it's probably good because... You find all these people not exactly big talkers anyway. Or they're, like I said, pretty pretty negative, depressed people, sometimes uh, terribly shy and everything, or, or sometimes uh, they're, not, they're not very clever. How many celebrities have sounded smart in a TV show or movie, and when you hear them in an interview, they sound like complete complete knuckleheads? So it's, it's, I've heard a few, and I can't even believe it. It's like, oh, my God. I actually look at them next time differently. And I'm like, oh, there's that girl again. She's just, God, I'm glad to give her a script, please, because I don't want her to talk on her, on her own account. <laughs> That's it. You say, imagine meeting somebody like that, and you're like, I was expecting this. I was expecting that. We have so many expectations. And unfortunately, because we don't know the people, a great deal of our expectations are false. They're not that clever. They're not often that intelligent. They're usually not all that chipper and unhappy. You'd be shocked at how many people will say years later, hey, I worked with that guy in the movie and I wanted to strangle him half to the movie because he's just an idiot. 
talks stupid, acts idiotic, comes late, this, that, whatever. I mean, it's incredible. So, yeah, was, you have to wonder if they need the fraud to be perpetuated just to keep them going through the day. I don't know if this to get them through the day or just for the make a paycheck. I'm not really sure which is which. But uh, what I do know is that too many of us get involved in these things. Not necessarily with Hollywood, but just some of the other categories we talked about. Weight, weight, relationship, religion, politics, that sort of thing. Even in the job, you know, on work. And we get lost in it because it can be easy to do. I'm very happy that a lot of the work went remote. I couldn't be any more happier. I don't ever, ever want to go back to an office again. And as long as I can... I won't. I'm serious. I don't want to deal with the commute and the possibility of getting hurt in an accident, which has already happened to me, of no fault of my own. Um, you got to deal with the nonsense uh, office politics. I don't care where you add on it. It's always going to be there. Whether you're in charge or not, don't matter. Always going to be there. Got to deal with that crap. Then you got to deal with the scheduling, juggling people around. You know what I mean? The, the great worker who's a single mom has to deal with stuff and you're trying not to, you know, give too much favor to that person because the other person who's not a single mom, they don't want to hear about it. It's unbelievable all the stuff you got to, to juggle just to get a job done and get through a, an eight-hour day. Who the hell wants that when you could just stay at home and work? Somebody sends you the money electronically and you don't have to talk to anybody other than on the phone sometimes. Maybe a couple Zoom meetings. Cool. I'm serious. I, 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 I never want to go back. I just, it's just, uh, I don't even see the point. I wish we could have done this 20 years ago. I've been happier at work. That's for sure. All right, folks. That was it for Falling in Love with a Fraud. That's episode 238, Mind Speak. It's your host, uh, Mark Anthony Rossi. I got some other shows that are coming up over here that I'm really uh, excited about. Um, episode, um, uh, 200. Excuse me, uh, 239 is going to be uh, Terms of Mischief and Misdirection. So that's going to be a lot of fun. That's for sure. Uh, we're going to talk about different words and terms and how idiotic they can be. And how sometimes they can be dangerous in our lives. And how they can um, misinform us. And in many cases, uh, maybe even uh, cause us to do things that we wouldn't have done otherwise. Whether that may, might be making decisions or job uh, career, career choices or even even something as, as basic as voting. So that'll be a hell of an episode over there. And then the next one I'm, I'm going to be doing after that is called episode 240, Is Sleep Life? I've been wondering about this for a while. So I did some research and we're going to talk about that. Is sleep life? Think about it. One third of our entire life we're sleeping. What the hell are we doing? Science would say we're re-engineering our body and healing ourselves and resetting our minds and rebooting our brains and blah, blah, blah. I know there's some dreams goes on as well there, but is that really life? Is life about being conscious and going on doing things? And if we're sleeping in, in a way, are we in some kind of a semi-death I'm wondering, is sleep life? So we're going to talk about that, and I think it's an interesting thing to talk about. So I'm kind of looking forward to that episode as well. All right, folks, until next time, this is Mark Antony Rossi, MindSpeak, 
falling in love with a fraud. You take care and God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Follow the show and support our efforts by visiting our sponsors at www.strengthtobehuman.com or purchasing an ebook at www.somapublishing.com.